Ah, hello and welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Eaters. I'm joined by Eileen and uh, Stelios. <laughs> hello. <laughs> it's um, stuck in my head and Callum decided to make it worse by playing it before we started, so that's fun. We yeah. all need to link arms and drunkly... Come on, I need... no. Next office party. Actually, next... Well, what office party? We've had an office party before? Was I not invited? To be fair... No, we've never had an office. Me, I'm gonna let a cat out of the bag here. So, um, we never had an office party, like a proper office party. Yeah, yeah. But back when, um, I mean, it couldn't have been a party if I wasn't invited. During one of the lockdowns uh, in the early days, uh, me and John figured out that, of course, we could break the rules by going to work and having uh, a work meeting. <laughs> so we just got a bunch of our mates who just went around, and, and that's why there's a load of pint glasses and beer and uh, wine glasses in there. In the cupboards. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. We need to have a karaoke night. Lotus Eaters karaoke. Yeah. Do we? Yeah, I'm sure the audience love it. Please tell these Wait, two wait, people. wait. What, we're bringing the audience into this now? Yes. They, they want. Are you, I, asking, I can read are you their saying Lad's Hour karaoke? Not a Lad's Hour necessarily. Zoom call karaoke. Yeah. Audience interaction. The audience Gold Zoom this. karaoke. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, so today we'll be talking about the fact that everyone is noticing. Uh, in Britain, all housing is slum housing and the wrath of die Deutsches Farmer. So we'll begin with the German farmers. Um, I have an announcement, of course, which I was alluding to, which is Lads Hour is tomorrow. As How you. if we have 19 of these things already? Do you want me to call some? I can go back and delete them. No, no, no. I'm going to pretend that didn't happen. I'm just asking. I feel like you must just completely lost in time. No idea of what day it is. No idea where I am, what's going on. Episode like 800 and something. We're doing podcasting at this point. Blur. 825. Oh, God, yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll be talking about the IMDb Top 250, and we'll just be going through the movies. We'll be questioning it. Yeah, Leo will be joining us as well, so that's that. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into the noticing, shall we? Right. Everyone has noticed something I have discovered, and uh, no, we're not, we're not yet talking about the tunnels. That'll be tomorrow. Calm down. <laughs> so, Callum's clickbaited you all no. yet again. <laughs> I wanted to talk about a different kind of noticing. Which is noticing that the, the this place we live in is kind of crap, like really bad. And is that course, place England? Yeah, I mean we've been talking about this fairly regularly in the sense of like, hey, this place kind of sucks. Here's why, and we usually point to the immigration data being the the foremost cost of the massive increase in housing and rent, which means you don't open businesses and there's a death cycle going on there, which does suck. But one thing I noticed is that Aaron Bastani, huge fan of the channel, I'm sure. I think he might be. <laughs> Really? He's commented on a number of our videos before on Twitter and tagged us in it. Oh, hello, Aaron. O oftentimes responding, but I think he's a secret fan. And I'd like to join him, I think. We can, we can finally, you know, shake hands on something. Yeah. Because what seems to have happened is that the author of fully automated luxury space communism over there has realized, or at least uh, agreed with us, that, yeah, most places in the country are kind of crap and getting worse very fast. So he says here, this is Waterlooville in Hampshire. My wife's friend took this video and was kind enough to let me share it. While politicians and the London media live in a parallel universe, this is the reality for much of the UK. An economic malaise and high streets that look like a zombie film. Nothing to disagree with there. This video speaks for itself. It is awful and far too much like most high streets in most towns you go into these days. There, 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 there are some that are nice, but this is quite common. I mean, that, the only shop there is a charity shop. The rest of them are either are just closed. 
Yeah. I mean, there's benches and a nice cannon and, and you know, something to be set up to. There is a person it. there yeah. somewhere. There's a human? Get them! Anyway, probably uh, no, high I, on I, crack. I, two more humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 it's like artifacts of an ancient era. It's like if you find a lost city of the desert, there's some bits that are still recognizable, but the rest of it's just a hollowed out shell. Yeah. And this is um, video evidence. This is you know, people filming where they are. And this does seem to be true that it's up and down the country in pretty much every town. Like, I, I've, we've mentioned before, what is it? Um, Turd Towns, which is a very weird YouTube channel. Is that where Indians are moving to? No, no. It's a chap that travels town to town and rates them, which is a really niche thing to do. Like, how many people are watching your review of their singular town? It's Does it have to do with the top 50 and worst 50 places to live in the UK? And No, no. He just jumps from which one to tell you okay, what it's yeah. about. But the weird theme he you found... You never know what you're going to get. Well, you do, because that's the thing. The, the theme he found is that they're all like this. Every single town in the country has experienced the same thing. And it's nice to know we're all in the same boat, I suppose, except from London, of course, which is where all the money is. I mean, I think there's a few accounts that do that. There's one, I can't remember the name of it, but there's an account that goes around. I don't think it's Turd Town. It might be a different one. There's one that goes around uh, cities across places like in the north, around Stoke and in the Midlands, uh, just saying like, what happened? This was a historic city center. This used to look like this. Now let's take a look at this. What, how did this happen? So we'll move on because that's you know one tweet, right? But he did this as well. But he tweeted out, we need to rebuild local news. So much local reporting is just repeating what the council administration press release says. Here, transformed city center apparently means seating some plants, cycle stands, and local art. For context, this is what the street looked like a century ago. And he's referring to an article where it's like, oh, look, enforcement of city council have transformed the city center, which isn't reporting. That's, that's just copy-pasting the press release. He is right. And they go on in there. And this is what it is, which is not impressive. Yeah. Utterly boring. I mean, there are there is a Boots. Congratulations. There is one shop I can see. You know, that's actually an achievement these days, but there we are. Mm -hmm. And then he references the same street 100 years ago. And for people listening, I mean, not only are there shops and people everywhere, there's a bloody tram line. He's got trams in the same place. And now basically nowhere in the country has trams, of course. And Manchester does. Last one. Ma Manchester like does, and as much as you can complain about with Manchester, and even the trams themselves because of how busy they can get during rush hour periods, it's actually a really good form of public transportation for getting around a large city. Clearly popular. Like you go, you, you need to go like half a mile across the city that could take who knows how long to walk, or you could get a tram and be there in five minutes. So in spirit, I'm very like, hmm, this is a weird crossover where I, I very much agree with Mr. Bastani here. And um, uh, spoiler alert, I, I think it might have something to do with him having a kid because he also did write this at the same time where he's talking about the fact that um, now he's had a child. Housing childcare is, is so much more important to him. And he looks at it in the context of uh, what will be left after him, which is quite interesting because he looks at his grandmother and her lifetime, what changed. And it went from the British Empire ruling yeah. the world to now being the rump state that it is. And then he was thinking, okay, well, if my kid lives as long as my grandmother, what the hell is she going to be living in exactly? And I don't think he really gets to the root of the problem with the housing. It's obviously, the demand side, demonstrable. So whatever, that's, that's for another day. To be fair, he's made some mentions of needing to curb immigration, but he's still not, he's still not going to whole hog there. It, yeah, I mean, it's the only thing that would solve the housing crisis. You literally can't build enough houses. It's just not going to happen. So. I mean, frequently you get people, especially who engage in cultural criticism, saying, starting from the idea that the status quo is the worst thing ever. 
the point is what kind of uh, sol- solutions they have. Yeah. It's one thing to say, okay, this is, thing doesn't work. I- in some cases, it is impressive and it is an achievement, as you say. <laughs> the question is, what do you want to put in, in its place? Well, here's the we get thing. a lot of people who agree that, for instance, things right now in the UK of 2024, January, some things could have been better, but you get very different diagnoses of why things are broken. And these different diagnoses are leading to completely different suggestions and proposals. Well, I'll let people come to their own conclusions in the, in the following thing I'm about to do. But I mean, for the issue of housing, I mean, we can pretty definitively say one of the solutions yes. is the migration being dropped. Yeah but that's not uh, on the cards for some reason. But I wanted to do a little slideshow because, of course, you may have seen that footage he demonstrated. Um, But we live here in Swindon, and I happen to be collecting a whole bunch of images of Swindon before and after for a different project, and this just happened to fall into my lap. And I was like, hmm, time for show and tell. So welcome to show and tell. Uh, Enjoy, please. If not, um, (laughs) Uh, just just to... Before you begin with your show and tell, I'm going to reference some show and tell that Stelios was doing. Uh, about two months ago now, where he took each of us on a small tour around the corner where he had found a turd on the street. <laughs> and he'd, he would just take us, sometimes in groups, sometimes <laughs> one by one, uh, and give us the tour and say, look at what I found here. That's a turd, Stelios. I want people to is, wake up it? to the desert of the real. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were so excited. You were like, Harry, you need to come with me on lunch right now. You need to Excuse come me, if follow I, me. And then, you, and then you just like really gleefully, like a child, like, look, look, <laughs> Harry, look at what's happened to your country. <laughs> Billions you, must perish. I mean, I couldn't Billions incentivize, I couldn't incentivize <laughs> you to walk down that street otherwise. Yeah, I mean, if you told us, we're, we're not going to go look. Yeah. We're trying to avoid it. But that. I wasn't the, the only one showing it. Apparently, there was a name for it. It was called Freddy. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't christen it. Sorry, but what do you mean you're not the only one showing people? Like, so there's, there's, there's like, like no, tours. Yeah. There's people like the, the tourism board of Swindon has people this talk. Knew- <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's velvet ropes around people it. You can't about disturb it. Freddy. People knew about it. That's, that's the it kind was of, Swindon common knowledge. That's the kind of town Swindon is for all of you watching right now, is that <laughs> if you find a turd in the street, it's not just a, a curio to pass by. It's actual news. <laughs> it's real news around here. I don't know why. There's plenty of them. Yeah. But anyway, um, well, the slideshow is, in, in fact, about Swindon. And, and I've got no turds. I've hidden those. because <laughs> Hide your turds, folks. <laughs> Instead, I've got a picture here we'll start off with. And um, it's quite interesting because I've only been here for three years and I've noticed that this place has fallen off a cliff in those three years somehow. And then we've got people in the office who have been here for much longer. And so Pete, for example, recognizes all of these stores and what they used to be. And this is a very typical street where there's, as you can see, a cafe, a snooker club, a corner shop, some other crap, you know. And this is 2013, so 10 years ago. There's, there's life here. Yeah. It has Joburn news there, though. It's not all bad. But it's it's ten years you ago. You mean good? <laughs> and now it's this. It's just it's gone. Every single one of those is empty. Quite a remarkable change. Is this down the main that big main high street? Yeah, I don't know if you recognize it. Uh, Freddy was yeah, opposite. I do recognize Freddy it. was opposite that. You can see the German bo- news. Um, you can see at the bottom there as well. There used to be a, a train station shop that you could buy little miniature trains, and they got turned into a nightclub. And then, oh wait a second, I do recognize three days later. Place, yeah. yeah, this is opposite Freddy. <laughs> Okay. No, it actually is. I'm no, not, I think you're right. Oh, God, I know, where, I know who did Freddy now. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it was in one of those crack addicts. No, yeah, that's where they go. Yeah, because you do like there's one particular street where there's uh, some people who will just approach you in the street who are obviously high. We, me and Josh walked past the other day, and they were like, <laughs> Josh described it perfectly. It was like watching Gollum. <laughs> they sat up on sofa staring at us as we went past. <laughs> so uh, they, they did Freddy. Um, there we are. That's ten years. So you get from hustling, bustling to Freddy Town. And, and that's not the only one. It, it goes on and on. I mean, 10 years ago, for example, they used to have pretty lights in the floor. Oh, yeah, I've, I've noticed they are in the floor, but they're not lit up anymore. They're still there. Yeah. I, I had this as well. I, when I saw this picture, when I found it, I was gobsmacked. I was like, those things light up? Because this is what it looks like now. Those gray slabs over there. It's the same place. Obviously, this is in sunlight, so you wouldn't expect them to be switched on. But trust me, at nighttime, they're not switched on either. No. And you may notice one other change. Let's see if you can spot it. Hmm. The, the shoe store is gone. Now oh, there's a Polish shop where you buy Polish food. It was run by Polish people, in which uh, a friend of mine went in recently, and they just didn't speak English to her. They, was... they do have a quite attractive selection of cakes in the window, though. They do. Don't get me wrong. I've never bought one, but they look nice. But it is ethnic displacement. Yeah. So that's cool. Anyway, so they never light up. Uh, Ten years ago as well. Let's check out this. So this is 2014, I think this image is listed as here. And I remember when this was even open. There's, there's Greg's there and a, a bakehouse. You can get your baked goods. Um, yeah, they're both gone because they decided to close all that down. Uh, they're destroying everything there and making it more pedestrianized so people would want to walk around here. Look no, at this wizard hat. <laughs> yeah, we've got yes. the magician there. It's a pride hat. The thing is, if you pedestrianize an area completely, why do you do that? You do that so people can walk to the shops and be around. But if there are no shops, what's even the point exactly? Except to see the wizard man? And what? he's not selling anything. He's playing music. Well, not, not, not in daylight hours, but not <laughs> different hour. But one of the things I found funny is that this particular area, um, it's actually also a headline image from the New York Times when they were describing the UK as a shithole. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so... I mean, this, that's a pretty good picture for it, to be fair. You know what this building behind that reminds me of? I, I've been saying people... Freddy? No, 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 no. No, it reminds me of the... Have you watched Expandables 3? No. It's, <laughs> come on. You are going to talk about IMDb <laughs> listen, top listen, movies I know. and you haven't watched oh, Expendables. Uh, oh, exp all three I've watched Expendables 1, but not... I've not watched any of them. You just watched it because it's got Arnold in it, I bet. Not only, it has everyone in it. Anyway, well, that was the main selling you have point. To, people will understand, okay? It's like the building that the Expendables are fighting Shout out to Mel all Gibson in towards homies. the end of the movie. That's, that's like it. And you see you have broken windows. Well, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the tower block from Dread. From uh, 2012. Uh, mega, mega block city. Uh, yeah, mega city yeah, that, one. That was a city. And there's the gigantic tower block that most of the film takes place in. It reminds me of that, but worse. It is, it is really hideous. And that's just the front part here. And then there's the back part. Well, yeah, that's, that's what's reminding me of the tower. And the funny thing is, like, this photo was taken like a year or so ago. It's even worse now. But as you can see, like, the New York Times just wanted to write an article about how shit the UK economy is <laughs> and just went, hey, that'll do. That's, 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 that's literally where I'm <laughs> taking those pictures. And the, so. the, those pigeons in that image, they're still there and they will hound you. I saw one of them uh, frighten Josh once and they got a very girlish squeak out of him, if you remember. No, I don't. That, that seems embarrassing for Josh. I'll be honest. It is very embarrassing for Josh, isn't it? Rude, but... There we are. Anyway, the, the funny thing I found, so I've shown you images 10 years, 10 years difference, and you think, okay, um, true. But the, 
the really strange thing I found, especially about Twin, is that the further you go back, the better it becomes. Which is a really weird situation. No, that's a right-wing conspiracy theory. I heard from Reddit that nothing was ever good in the past. <laughs> no one has ever opened a shop. <laughs> Buildings have never looked nice. Photographs aren't real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I, I, you don't get this in much of the rest of the world. Like If you go to um, places in Russia, for example, the further you go back, I mean, you get sort of some nice stuff because the 90s was terrible, don't get me wrong. But then once you go back behind that, it gets shitter over time, not better. Uh, and for the UK, not the case. So, I mean, here, for example, this is the high street. And uh, I don't know if you recognize it or not. But I think this is around the Yeah, 90s, I recognize that. I assume. I actually had to call my parents and send them this image and be like, is this real? Is this what Swinning used to be? And they were like, yeah. It was also cool, considered shit back then. Yeah. Even though this is way better than today. Yeah, th this was urban decay in the 90s. And th this is the same with, yeah, this is it now. I mean, you can see the Turkish barber. This this is the this is the same with every town center though. It's like crew. Um, the further back you go, the photographs are really lovely and really nice. God forbid you could look at photographs pre World War II, when some of the architecture in that town was actually really nice. Of course, they demolished it post war and decided to build some hideous, brutalist blocks there instead. Some of them were bombarded as well. Some of them were, but a lot of the town centers in England were purposefully torn down in the 60s. Okay, let me, I, I want to say something, because I have a beef, beef with the Brunel Tower. You know, oh, the tower. Everybody does. Just, I hate that. Okay. Hang on, hang on. So what is, for people who don't know, you want to describe it? Yeah, it's basically the uh, tower here in Swindon, really close to Freddy, where it's just, <laughs> it's just really weird. It's just Freddy's the horrendous. center of the map where we measure out everything else. I think it's the from. highest building in Swindon. It has some. It's close to eighteen meter or something. Yeah, unfortunately, you can see it from a distance. Yeah, okay? it's sticking out of a shopping center yeah, as but well. You see, there are there are some things that don't fit. Okay, I constantly hear the argument that you know, bad modernist uh, ar uh, architecture just build something for money, things like that. If that were only the case. If, if that was the only factor in, they would make a box. This is positively ugly. It isn't just an issue of making money. I, I think it, there are box buildings, you know, they, they take zero architectural um, creativity. I mean, a, a lot of the architects were trying to make a statement with the architecture, um, like putting one foot out into the future. They thought, this is what the future is going to look like, and this is good. Where it turns out, if you let those buildings decay, they look hideous and they didn't look that great to begin with. Yeah. So um, I suppose I'd want to show something else as well. So this is that high street from earlier. Pretty much the same place. You'll notice this building here remains pretty easy to find. And then there's um, pure coincidence. But at the same time I took this photo, about 30 minutes later, this was the same street. Swindon stands with the Palestinian people. Now, we can't really have a before and after comparison with this photo. Because if we looked at the before, it would be an empty street. Well, I, I, you can look at the... The, the makeup of Swindonians. Well, you can look at that, but yeah. <laughs> just... if you want a comparison between protests, then protest. Like, well, sorry, sorry. Pa uh, well, foreign protests then versus foreign protests now. Just yeah. be a, a blank image, and then this. Yeah. Um, let's do a game, shall we? So let's uh, let's let's do before and now in the other order. Oh, I think John's loading up your tower, so we can all yeah. bitch about it some more. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, there we are. It's just. It's just incomprehensible. That's the, that's, that's the blurriest. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, where did you get that from? <laughs> you get a better photo, John. 
No, I like it. Okay, but John's looking at me like, I'm fucking up. <laughs> All right, well, we'll leave that there. We won't, we won't bitch about the tower anymore. We'll, we'll move on. But let's do the reverse, shall we? So this, um, if you zoom out, <laughs> some bricks. <laughs> this is now. So this is a place that exists now. And um, Oh, this is where you find the crack addicts. Yeah, those police actually aren't normally there. It was just because it was uh, a game day. So they happen to be out. Um, so you can see there the, the African food to the left of you. Um, a closed down bar, a closed down pub, and then a series of closed down streets and one kebab house. Yeah. Callum, if you were to give oh, a Turkish bar, if you were to give a rough figure, how many customers would you say that African restaurant normally gets every day? Legal or illegal customers? <laughs> uh, just, just how many people do you typically see going in there and buying food? Um, in in a round number, rounded to the nearest number. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also see, note the blacked out windows. Do you see the liquid substance there? I hope it's water. That is water, thankfully. Mm, this time yeah, around. Okay. But anyway, at um, least there's a nice tree. So if we do this in reverse, so that's now. This is before. This is 1950s. That same street, same area. You can you can recognize it by the architecture if you measure these uh, buildings to the left and right there. You may notice it, it's kind of bustling. There's, there's mm. obviously shops everywhere, and it's quite nice. But the thing is, and I was mentioning, it gets better the further you go back. Because now we're going to go back to the 1920s. There's a goddamn tram line. I didn't even know there were trams what? in Swindon. Why did we decide to get rid of tram lines in local towns and cities for the most part? Because they're genuinely a really good form of public transport, in my experience. Yeah. The... They make a lot of sense. And they, they also run on time, for the most part, unlike most other forms of public transport in this country. I think motor buses went to replace them, and then they just kind of didn't work as well. So there we are. But... You know why I think these eras were better for Swindon? Anything pre-75, 76? Railways? No, because 75, 76 uh, was when the Brunel Tower was erected. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And from that point onwards, a <laughs> curse was placed upon Swindon. It was. It was. Evil it was. architects are drawn to its might <laughs> to, to ruin the place further. But anyway, let's, uh, let's do some more of that, shall we? Let's, uh, let's look at the train station before. Very this, nice. That used to be the Swindon train station, which, you know, replaced the Snow French trains. Kind of cool. It looks all right. Uh, this is it now. Same place. And I can't get the monstrosity that is this building in frame yep. and make it make no, sense. No, a lot of the boarded windows. Every single one of those rooms seems to have been abandoned. See, it's the same in Crewe. Uh, in Crewe, we are obviously a railway town, and they, we have, for some reason, a gigantic office block monstrosity right next to the train station, which also has all of the windows boarded up and seems to have been mostly abandoned. Maybe on the first floor, there's one struggling business hanging on in there. Guy selling sandwiches to no one. <laughs> yeah, to the rats. I, I think there is a sandwich stall that operates outside of the building, and that's the most industry you get there. But it's, it's remarkably similar. But anyway, I'll end this off with one that I think is the most striking, which to make Bastani's point real, is um, this is the park in Swindon, which was set up by the Great Western Railway in the railway village. And I mean, look at it. Look at all the, the flowers, the little uh, gazebo over there, the, the water features. There was actually a section for botanical flowers and fauna as well, which uh, I can't show you just because it takes too much time. But there we are. Um, what is it now? Well, if you can go on Google Maps, this is it. It's, it's, just, it's just a field. Fuck all. There's nothing. Now nothing burger. And what's hilarious is if you go up to the entrance, I don't know if this will work or not. Um, the entrance is over there. 
you can actually walk up right now and there's like a little sign on there showing you where I took this picture. So you can see yep. what's what's changed and now it's and now it's nothing. <laughs> I like that they don't have a name for the park. Uh, it's just somebody it's like welcome somebody to the hoodie. The park. Welcome to the park. <laughs> Great rest and away has been love. Yeah. There's a You better club. enjoy yourself, citizen. That, that what not to draw another parallel, but there is another parallel, which was that Crewe was also mostly built by the London and North Western Railway as as a town. Why is it that railway companies build better towns than the government? The government, yeah. But I mean, you're not wrong to bring up Crew either, because my point being that Bastani's right. I mean, this is all yeah. over the country. So there we are. I mean, that's that. Um, I'll end this off because we did happen to find a propaganda film <laughs> before we finish. All right, okay. This. So uh, if we can get back to the links real quick, I'll just talk about it. Which is that uh, Honda used to have a plant in Swindon, and for some bloody reason. They made a propaganda movie about how wonderful Swindon was back in the day, and it's really creepy and eerie. So we have uh, shit posted on it a bit. Oh, that didn't age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> someone, someone working for Honda there at, at Honda CG4 thinks that it's heaven. Okay, so we're gonna play um, a shit po post version. I don't know if you'll be able to tell at which point the North Korean music kicks in, but um, ah, enjoy. I suppose let's play this. There is a place where people enjoy more comfortable surroundings. A place of elegance and refinement for today's executive. Birds talk English. Oh, I don't know if I've got the energy to keep fighting the robots now. <laughs> that's, that's us before we come to work. <laughs> Even in the big uh, uh, wide landscape shot that they had of Swindon for the propaganda, there it is. You could see it looming. Yeah, Brunel <laughs> Tower, the evil emanating through the lens. <laughs> There we are. Um, Mr. Pastani, um, we're in agreement. Uh, I think most of the country's in agreement now. Everyone has noticed just how uh, it's doomed. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's not move on, actually, because this is basically just part two of your segment, which is everything in England is rubbish now. This is part of an ongoing mini-series, I would say, we have in the podcast. We need is, to bring some clown makeup. We really do, because nothing works in this <laughs> country. <laughs> <laughs> so the towns don't work, but hey, maybe at least if you live in a town, you might be able to have somewhere nice to live in the town, seeing as we're all for building houses these days. Maybe these new houses are nice. No, they're not. I couldn't find it because Callum, being a bastard, having covered them before, has covered quite a bit to do with the uh, new quality of housing in the country, the fact that it's made terribly, the contractors doing it don't know what they're doing, don't know how to put a house together, and the new flats in places like London are literally falling on top of one another, but they're worth a million pounds somehow. Uh, I would have found the, those segment clips so that I could play a bit of them so we could take a look, but Callum chooses to name his segments things like, Oh boy! And <laughs> wowzers, can you believe this? Yeah, good luck finding out what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> and so and so I couldn't find them. So you'll just have to take my word on it. And I can cross check. I'm playing the long game, motherfucker. <laughs> and I can cross check and references with, with you, which is that, yeah, there was that TikTok. Was it the TikTok builder? 
going around a load of houses, a, a load of new builds, just going, look at the state of this! That's shoddy work, the right? The spanners a bit out again. The fucking wood butchers done it more. Yeah, because we've got, Wait, okay. we've got cowboys operating everywhere in this country. And the other one was there was a particular block of new build flats in London that were in a really expensive area. I forget exactly where. Some English guy was paying £900,000 for the privilege of owning the place and the walls were falling apart and the ceiling was caving in. Is this correct? Am I getting the information right? Yeah. I would have cross-checked it, but screw you. I, I can source my own claims. Yep. With my own voice. Source me. Yeah. It came, <laughs> it came to me on TikTok. <laughs> there you go. Trust me, bro, is the source there. But those of you who have watched the podcast will know the truth because you'll have watched every single episode like a good, dedicated person that you are. And so you'll know that what we're saying is the truth. If you've not seen those episodes, good luck finding them, I, su I suppose. Uh, blame Callum for that one. But I want to just talk about that. Yeah, in, in communist Britain that we live in right now, all housing is slum housing. Because not only do we have shitty housing associations and landlords that don't take, play, uh, take care of the places that they're uh, operating with, uh, we've got shitty building contractors making really bad new homes. And then we've also got shitty tenants who don't know how to look after the homes that they're being given, especially if they're, shall we say, new British being given social housing. And they come in and they see there's some black mold in the corner and they go, oh, I guess that's going to be a problem three months from now. And then they don't do anything about it. And sometimes they die. I have a major question about houses in the UK. Why okay. Yeah. Why don't. Why don't you put a window in the bathroom? What, so people can peer in? No, because you can open the window and you're going to have less mold and condensation. Well, I'm, my bathroom's got a window in it. My parents' house has a bathroom in the window. Uh, well, a, a, a window in the bathroom. No uh, all, houses the, have. All, all the other places that I've had, that I've lived in, have had a window what? in the bathroom. What's wrong with your place? Why have you got I'm, some kind of sensory deprivation box with a toilet in it? Excuse me, I've seen many houses here who have bathrooms. <laughs> Without windows. I really thought you were going to ask, like, why do we have stupid taps or something like that? No, or, no, it's or, about... Or why, why is it so expensive? To, why do you get so little for your money? Just have a window and open it, and then you're going to have less mold. That's beyond us. I mean, I do. <laughs> okay. I do. I don't know okay, why you've been looking you, you're, you're lucky, but there are a lot of houses... <laughs> there are a lot of houses There are some watching right now who don't have that luxury. Yeah. There are adults in Stevenage who don't have windows, you know. <laughs> They've never even heard of windows. The light of the sun has never touched their fragile skin. Okay. Uh, that was not the question that I was expecting you to ask, if I'm honest. But okay, what, what kind of question would, would, would like you, was, would you was, think I was going to ask? I was expecting ask? you to ask why uh, yeah, houses like, so small while being so expensive. Why is it that... That's another one. Why is it that like a two-bedroom house with one bathroom yeah. in England will cost you upwards of 400 grand, Okay, depending on where it is? It's your fault, basically. You started the whole point about condensation. Okay? So when you're doing this, I have... <laughs> You are talking Listen, about. You're the one that builds up. Uh, up when mold, you're talking Harry. about the effect, you are also having to talk about the cause. I mean, I, I, the cause has a, to do a with question, humidity. The question that I want to know the answer is why? Why so many people don't know how to open a window? If they get because if they, there if isn't, they have windows, because there isn't if there. Have, <laughs> if they have windows, why don't people know to open them to yeah. let some air in and you know help prevent black mold and other problems that can build up? Because even when given windows, or even 
as we'll see as we go along, when given ventilation in your windowless bathroom, people do very strange and stupid things. But were, were you looking at chat? Was chat saying something? I mean, they were just asking sensible things, which is, you know, why do you dumb Brits have two taps instead of one? Why do you have a, a washer and a dryer in the kitchen? That's weird. Mm. But that's that's because like Americans have room to put those. Things I mean, my there. my place, the taps have the one tap where you don't you don't have to make the choice between ice water and scalding hot water. You Maybe can actually twenty fifty. Are we? Just it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't even know how old the place that I'm living in is. It just has sensible taps. So there, there you go. So there's the answer to that question. You can find them. Like you can find some places with bathrooms with windows in them. You can find sensible taps in England, but still the places you'll find them in are probably going to be vastly, vastly too expensive for what you're getting. So before I get into the vast for one tap. <laughs> okay. Uh, before I get into the rest of it, there's a website. Callum will tell you this. Yeah. Stelios will tell you this. There's there is a website. You might be watching us on this website right now. If you're not, you're watching us on Rumble. Give us a super chat. Callum's dying, so please put money towards his funeral expenses. Um, and on the, on the website, uh, you can find series like Brokenomics, and the most recent episode came out yesterday talking about the book The Sovereign Individual, um, and uh, which is a book about people from uh, in the late 90s, one of whom was Jacob Reed Smog's dad, talking about the effect that will come from the internet and making some predictions of that, some of which, as Dan has told me, are remarkably prescient. So that might be an interesting one for you to watch. If you want If you want to watch it, you can get a subscription on the website, £5 a month, etc., etc. You know all this by now. So let, let's look at it. So at the moment, there's going to be a crackdown on moldy houses in England because there's too many moldy houses. And I don't want to exactly throw all blame away from the people who are the landlords of this house, of these houses and the housing associations that look after these houses, because obviously there does, does seem to be some problems there. People are being alerted of problems like mold and leaks in the homes, which cause major problems, which can cause people big problems, and then they don't do anything about it. But also, spoilers here, people can buy black mold cleaner. The spray you can buy. The source of the problem and just fix it yourself. You can do that. But still, if you've got a leak, I would expect most people to, you know, get in touch with the landlord or something. You can solve it yourself, but if you still, if you if you make your landlord and other people aware of it, they should at least try and do something yeah, to, to help repair it. So I'm not going to take all responsibility away from them. But there's there's this law coming in which I've mentioned before, but it seems to be progressing, which is going to be Awab's law, I think, and that's uh, named after two-year-old Awab Ishak, who died from prolonged exposure to black mold in his family's Rochdale. Social housing flat, so housing that he was given, uh, that his family was given at cut prices because it's social housing, and that's how that works. Um, had let's see if I can find the picture black mold like this. And if I scroll down, there might be more images of it. Oh, god, it's all going terribly wrong, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, here, here you go black mold like this, pretty bad, mm. but also they were in that uh flat for a few years, I think, by that point. So that would not have been that bad to begin with. Mm-hmm. And my flat recently had black mold. And it was really simple. I went downstairs and got the spray. Sprayed, scrubbed. Sorry, I have, I have to add some things here because I faced uh, some issues with uh, black mold in my previous residence. Oh, yes. And uh, 
I, I said it in a more formal way. <laughs> Previous residents. <laughs> yeah, you know, residents, you know. Okay. No, basically, um, a lot of the times it, it is the landlords uh, and the agency's fault mm. because you are phoning them and they tell you, okay, no, just, uh, you know, just clean it. But it, it doesn't go away 100%. Mm -hmm. It comes back again. Yeah. And a lot of the times they tell you, well, just have the uh, the heater on. You can't have the heater on have all the, the time. Have the heater on. Yeah, because but they tell you you if need you have to the increase the temperature. On, if you have the heater on with the windows closed, that's going to create an environment where it's going to spread. Well, because you, especially if you've it got can also damp, spread can when you worse. have uh, cold temperatures and really wet temperatures. But anyway, it's just it, it's very easy here for people in agencies to just pass the fault and the blame on the mm. tenants. And, and yeah. So uh, as far as I can see, there's failings going on in a number of places that a lot of these people aren't cleaning up after themselves and aren't cleaning the mold. If the mold's just started, then you are able to do it. These people will be moving into houses where either the previous tenant or the housing association or landlord haven't done anything about the problems that were already there. And then they're just there not doing anything about it either. Yeah. So everybody's making stupid decisions. And it means that all the ha all of this housing is rubbish and not really fit for purpose a lot of the time. If you can go in and this new house that you've been given or this, this new flat that you've been given is going to give you respiratory diseases because of how poorly it's been kept, that's a problem. That's a problem for everybody. What, do you expect me to disagree? Be no. Like, no, I'm on, I'm on Team Mold. You, you, just had, <laughs> you just had a look on your face like you had something to say about all of this. That's, that's all. So I'll just a give, moldist. Yeah, I stand with the mold. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just give some information. So the Royal College of Physicians has called on Michael Gove to accelerate a promised crackdown on landlords, failing to fix tens of thousands of moldy homes with a warning that unless laws are toughened, many more people will die from the effects. As the housing ombudsman reported, increased failures among landlords to properly tackle damp, mold and leaks in England's social housing. Professor Sir Stephen Holgate, special advisor on the air quality to the RCP, warned of widening ill health as more people inhale fungal toxins. It creates uh, problems like headaches, low energy, declining immunity, increased susceptibility among children for respiratory infections, as well as deaths, which is what happened to this kid right here. In the nine months since March, the housing ombudsman for England, Richard Blakeway, made 721 findings of fault in how landlords tackled damp, Mold and leaks more than for more than for the previous twelve months, and several times more than 2020 to 2021. About 88,000 households in social housing are believed by the regulator of social housing to be living with serious damp and mold problems. Last year, Gove, the Secretary of State for Leveling Up, one of the most worthless and stupid titles ever granted to anyone in this country, house uh, Leveling Up Housing and Communities promised to introduce Awab's law, setting Tough deadlines for landlords to fix moldy homes after two-year-old Awab Ishak died from prolonged exposure to black mold in his family's Rochdale social housing flat. On Tuesday, yesterday, Gove announced an eight-week consultation on proposals to require social landlords to investigate hazards within 14 days, start fixing problems within a further seven days, and make emergency repairs within 24 hours, or pay compensation to tenants. So th this might be a good thing for landlords, like slum landlords, that aren't treating the properties well, because if you've got if you've got a situation where you've got one person moving out, another person moving in, in that interim period, you as a landlord really should be fixing up any problems like damp and mold, like uh, leaks that are pro uh, popping up so these people aren't moving into these situations. But if they are moving into a situation where the house is fine, and then all of a sudden all of this stuff pops up and they can't, um, 
they, they can't sort mold and other such things out by themselves because they just sit there going, what do? What do? I can't breathe anymore. What do? That's partially their own fault. So There's two classes of people with these problems we've discovered. Yes. By, um, well, I'm sure you're getting to it, actually. Uh, uh, Sadiq Khan's Twitter feed has told us. Yes, yes. And this is, I don't know if we covered this at the time. So this is just some context, but I think the best context for it, really, because it's not just something that's affecting foreigners. We've also got this woman, Shelby Atherton, who uh, was in the same area under the same uh, housing association in Rochdale. Also in social housing or not? Also social housing by the looks of it, saying that she moved into this place and it had all of these problems. And so she was worried that it was going to make her daughter sick and they had to move out. So there are problems, but also this is the sort of person we're normally talking about in these situations. Did we show this video at the time when it was released? Did we cover this? Uh, Not in detail, but you can... I suppose we'll let's just go yeah, into it because it's amazing to see and it really gets to your point that okay some of the people we're talking about have done this to themselves and the difference is uh-huh. the difference is that non-Northern Europeans aren't used to a Northern European climate so when they come to a Northern European climate some of them don't really understand why we have certain things yes it's very usual for houses here because you want to heat the place up uh, to get a bit moldy because you put the heating up and you close the windows to retain the heat and then that can provide the environment where you can get some mold popping up in your house. You are able to deal with that by cleaning it up. Not to not spoil anything, but wow. Sill it bang. Right there. Sill it bang. Sponsored by the Lotus Eater. And the mold is gone. <laughs> £3.50 from your local Tesco. Or you can find own brand uh, for even for even cheaper, death to Tesco. Go somewhere else. Uh, you can get it from Asda. Yay! Yeah, there you go. Or even Morrison's. Or if you're feeling fancy, I'm sure Waitrose does some uh, some of their own black mold cleaner. But you can just get this. Uh, this seems to be above certain new Britons coming into the country. Let's 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 just play this clip because it is quite remarkable. Because there are a few telling signs of the character of this person that Sadiq Khan has decided to broadcast for the BBC. So most people living in poor conditions don't get this kind of coverage. And they certainly don't get the sort of coverage by Sadiq Khan. Imagine why Sadiq Khan chose this person to go and visit. And then keep your eyes and your ears peeled for a few telling signs here, okay? So let's go. The mayor has come to visit the home where Dariana lived for more than two years. So as you can see, the skylight was uh, cracked, which is causing rainwater to uh, flow into the property. She shared this one-bedroom flat with her two children. One, four. Four. Okay, and you've got another good news coming soon. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Best of luck. The next uh, week. Pregnant Dariana and her children were without heating or hot water for months. Solo con esto calentamos el agua. She was using this one. The kettle? Yeah, to the kettle to get hot water so she can take a shower. Sí, estaba muy fría. Los niños siempre estábamos en el hospital y era muy fría. It was very, very cold. She, she was always in the hospital with, with the kids. Because it was, it was very cold and it was molten everywhere. It was water dropping on the floor and everything. Mm-hmm. Dariana says the landlord wouldn't fix the problems but put the rent up by £200 to £1,300 a month 
so she contacted the council. It's made an order to prevent anyone else renting the home until the work is done. Unfortunately, these are very common. Uh, we see these kind of properties probably weekly. Um, maybe to not to this severity, but the same sort of situation, damp and mould, excess cold, lack of heating. Sadiq Khan was here to announce that 300 environmental officers like Blaze have been trained with City Hall funding to boost council's enforcement powers. Yeah, I think we've got the gist of that there because the rest of it is just Sadiq Khan blathering on about how we need more communism to solve this problem. So are we playing a game? How many dog whistles did you see? So <laughs> let, 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 I'll, I'll throw one out first. Can't speak English properly. Yeah, speak Spanish. Speak, speak Spanish to communicate. Needs other foreigner to act as middleman for communication. Okay. Give her a free house. Okay. Give, give her a free house. Okay. What else did we notice, boys? Chip. Chip. Twice. <laughs> Twice in the video. We the got sky ceiling birds. They've come to Britain. <laughs> yeah, we, we got some chirping there. Also, did anybody notice? Uh, let's see if I can, if I can find it. Yeah. This. Yeah. Now, if you're trying to air out a bathroom and you don't have a window, perhaps, um, this isn't what I would recommend to solve the problem. This is what I meant by... So if you're not used to a climate, you do stupid things. Like when you're in Russia, for example, I walked around in a, without a hat for a long enough time until I realized I should be wearing a bloody hat because my head is literally freezing off. Yeah. And if you're not... If you don't understand why you would need ventilation in a Northern European climate that you've just moved to, You'd probably look at that big vent that's letting out all the heat in your mind and think, why is that there? I'm going to get some duct tape <laughs> and duct tape up the vent. What might be the effects of doing that doesn't enter your head. Hmm, well, what are the effects of doing that, I wonder? Yeah. I did see some people also speculating that she might have been doing this because she might have been smoking in the bathroom yeah. and didn't want it going into the ventilation. But that doesn't make much sense sure you want it to go in the ventilation. Oh, well, you never know with some people. Uh, but yeah, so there's a few signs there. And also, r remember, uh, she's complaining about the fact that landlord won't do anything. So we've got this person coming in into housing which isn't fit for, uh, for occupation, possibly before she got there, but certainly made worse uh, by her being there, not fixing these problems, not changing the smoke alarm battery. Um, but that didn't affect the mold. <laughs> that didn't affect the mold, but Jesus Christ, can you imagine living in there? <laughs> God. Uh, although, to be fair, if I moved in there, that would be the first thing I'd do. Oh, and the first thing, oh, there, there we go. Honey, have we got any batteries? Oh, thank <laughs> you. There we go. Sorted. Um, but also, if she's in contact with the landlord and the landlord's just not doing anything, how easy is it for that landlord, presumably, to slip anything past and be an effective slum landlord because she can't speak English properly? Because she can't communicate? Because, oh, great, I don't have to do anything now because this person can't speak English. <laughs> I mean, I used to know, um, I, yeah, I can tell this story. In university, one of the cleaners that came to our hall to clean out the showers and whatnot, she also owned property, so she would offer it to the students. So she was a cleaner, doesn't pay much. She's actually a landlord. That's where she makes her money. She's mm. a cleaner to get access to students one-on-one. -on -one. Clever. So then she could offer up rooms at what seemed like good prices. And then the house um, one of my friends moved into, every single bedroom was somewhere that's being rented. The front room was being rented. The dining room was being rented. The dining room? The dining room was converted into a bedroom being rented. Oh, bloody hell. And then there was an illegal um, structure built in the backyard was also being rented out to someone <laughs> to live in. So she had three, six students living in a house with three bedrooms. 
I forget what the term is, but I'm sure that that's, there's regulations against that. They're really illegal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's very illegal to do. But the people she rented out because she was Chinese were mostly Chinese. Mm. And they don't know the law. Like, I had conversations with them. They didn't realize that, yeah, this is not allowed. Were they, were they unhappy with the situation? Quite. Yeah, I bet they were. So, yeah, it turns out that we've got lots of problems in this country. And to a certain extent, as much as I want these people who are slum landlords to be cracked down on with laws like this, this is basically also taking most responsibility away from anybody in these conditions like this woman to actually take care of her living space. Because I guess the landlord just has to do everything for me now because the law says so. So yeah, uh, we're in communist Britain. And once again, nothing is working as it should. Well, on that note, let's uh, move on again. Stereos. Okay, basically, we are going to go to Germany. Okay? <laughs> now, as a... <laughs> Before Germany comes to us. <laughs> okay, basically, I want to say that as a Greek who lives who, and lived in a country that had lots of protest, uh, protests, I want to welcome Germans into the world of protesting. Apparently, Germany is full, full of protests right now. Let's see on the 8th of December. It says here, Germany hit by last minute train strike. Deutsche Bahn trains massively affected. Is a, uh, German train drivers have launched a last minute strike. The 24-hour public transport walkout began on, th- began on Thursday evening. It is the fourth strike this year and follows disruption earlier this week due to heavy snowfall in southern Germany. Four per year, four for 2023 20, is not much. Obviously, this is just for train drivers, but you need to a- add to those numbers. The Greeks are rookie are, numbers, not enough. And you are adding to those numbers, so kudos. So, so it's over working hours and pay, according to this article. We've had very similar things in the past year in England as well. Yes. So it seems that across most of Europe and Northwest Europe as well, um, people just aren't happy with the conditions they're being asked to live in and work in. Nobody's happy. Nothing is working for anybody. Okay, so when you're talking about social movements, protests, and mass you know, stuff happening, you need a catchy phrase. You, uh, you, what about the term missed gobble mob? You like it? Missed uh, gobble mob? Yes. Bit of a mouthful, I'll be honest. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to go with everything sucks and I hate it. Okay. That's the, my, that's my oh, slogan. I think German, that's why. I think this has to do with a sort of motorized pitchfork mob which was a pejorative uh, term that the German media used, but people have adopted it in the, uh, from Germany, and especially the German farmers, and they are using it, and they're having hashtag missed mobs. And let's just, you can basically um, translate this here. Where can we translate this? And anyway, apparently we can't. Apparently we can't. But <laughs> it says basically here that the motorized pitchfork mob is therefore a sign of the adaptation of traditional forms of civil disobedience to modern technologically advanced agricultural practice. This is how they say that you know the the means of production change uh, how social events mm-hmm. manifest. <laughs> Before you'd have a pitchfork, now you have a pitchfork and a tractor. And you'll create mass problems, okay? Okay, so it refers to a group of people primarily from the agricultural sector or rural communities who use modern motorized equipment such as tractors, 
combine harvesters or other agricultural machinery to demonstrate their protest or discontent. Um, anyway, so let's look at this here. And, uh, sorry. Okay, so let's write German farmers. You see all sort of things being posted. Let's see some of the pictures. You see there are a lot of them in, in a lot of cities. They have mass protests in a lot of cities. And So what are they doing? They're all driving the tractors. They're parking them up and blocking roads? Or they're yes. just massing in particular public areas and honking their horns like yes. in Canada? But when you're talking about blocking roads, it is not, for instance, that if an ambulance requires to go to a hospital or something that they block it completely. It's just that they are... So it's they're not a, they're not behaving in the same way the um, insulate Britain Extinction Rebellion people well, like that do. You could say let's see here also some of the footage. We have mass mine. Let's see also. Yeah, so you, you can get an idea. And and why is it that the farmers are protesting? Okay, that's an excellent question. So basically, uh, Germany was ba uh, Germany's economy was based to a very large extent on cheap energy, which came from nat uh, Russian natural gas. And after the war in Ukraine, and especially the issues with the uh, Nord Stream pipeline, they have a problem with energy. And a lot of energy-heavy industries have incurred added costs because the price of energy has arisen. Well, let's now, be frank, the car market. Yeah. It costs a lot to keep tractors running. Well, no, and, and production of German cars is a huge part of the German economy. Mm. I mean, I have friends who work with um, subsidiaries of Volkswagen. And just the horror stories that come out of them, it's just like, yeah, they're fucked. Like, not even slightly. The, the profit margins are just all over the place now. Yeah. So, yeah, everyone's kind of panicking because if they can't get any cheap energy back, well, Germans econ the Germans' economy is just dead. Well, really bad. and l let me just say this because obviously there are problems, but uh, you could say that sometimes there is an issue of uh, crisis management. So the question is, things will get bad. How bad will we allow them to get? And essentially what the German farmers are saying, basically, that you cannot not have a farming industry. And the reason why they protest is because they, they had a, a tax exemption for the agricultural vehicles, for diesel and petrol and, ga and energy for, to use, which is being withdrawn. So they will ask to pay for more taxes for the vehicles. Which I assume is going to make a lot of these farms not economically viable. Yes, and they also had some subsidies which are going to be withdrawn. Now, the, the context of all this was that the German government had a budget and it says that the court decided that the budget isn't uh, basically legal. It, it, it isn't holding up to scrutiny and they had a sort of uh, gap. I think it was somewhere to 17... Uh, billion uh, euros and they need to fill it and they the way said to close the well let's throw the farmers under the bus yes mm. now i may be wrong about the number but pl please take that with a pinch of salt with respect to the number now um and there is also another question because the farmers are really pissed off with the green party the green party says for instance why not use electric tractors and they basically say that uh, that's a nice uh a clip here we can watch from here well um they're, they're basically not good enough they're saying and they the they, there are several problems like the battery doesn't hold for a long time it just uh, 
it just works for a few hours and you need to recharge it. Basically, it's, it's not working as far as they are concerned. Anyway, now let's move to this clip here. Where is it? Yeah. I, I want us to watch this clip here, which is something that happens. This with, person's not going to try what yeah, I let's, think. Oh. Let's play it. Uh, basically, this for those who are listening and you don't have an image, what happens here is that there's an ecologist with a Dacia and he is pissed off with it. Apparently, he has no problem with just stop oil stop, stopping traffic, but he does have problem with tractors. And he is trying to tie the tractor to his Dacia. Um, he, like, his small van is going to try and pull a multiple ton tractor. Yeah. Which I don't think is going to work out for him. What do you think is he going to find out in, in a few seconds? Uh, that he's an idiot? That will it a, work? That this is a stupid thing to do. That, no, it will not blend. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's see here. I think his rear bumpers might be about to just yeah. yank off. It so. could be though that the knot isn't. Oh, well is he not tied? tied? Uh, is is the knot just going to come undone? <laughs> He's trying to. <laughs> this, this is just so fun. And you know, if we had audio, we would listen to the people. They're just so chilled up about it, and you know, they're well, they laughing. Know what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, come on, oh, come, on. come on, pull it. Pull it, just... Push that accelerator. Uh, oh, there we work. go. Oh, what a surprise. Well, but you need to push your limits. It's like in the gym. Okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. You need to push your limits. Anyway. It took that set to failure yeah. and beyond. Now, let's... Uh, I have a meme for, for both of you here. No more brother wars? <laughs> we have... Germany v. and Canada, finally, anyway, hand in hand. We have someone here that has V from V from Vendetta, says God... His head is on backwards, because it's AI. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he holds a rose, and what does he hold with the other hand? I can't see. Is that a bow? Anyway. I don't think it's any... I think it's a line. A fucking leaf. I think it's... A... <laughs> I think it's a line that's not even attached to anyway, his hand. He's a bit he's a bit rude. He has our back his back turned on us. Anyway, so he says oh, God he's still trying to look us in the eye like an owl or something. <laughs> God bless the Canadian and German freedom convoys because you know uh, the, there were several convoys and across the world who, that tried to say that they support it from Poland, from from um, the uh, countries that neighbor Germany, from Canada. Anyway, now, quick question, okay? Let's say you are governing a country and you have trouble with some protests. What is the best way to rhetorically divert attention from the actual issues that go on? And are the, and are the just, German government... Just completely sidetrack the whole conversation so people don't look at the actual... All demands of the farmers and actually address the issue that, for instance, you need to have a degree of economic self-sufficiency. Are the German government about to accuse their own farmers of being Nazis? Well, you'll just see what happened on a lot of media. And I'll just have here from BBC, let's say here, German farmers blockade Berlin with tractors in subsidy row. Now let's look. This is a big article. You can see here several stuff, but let us see what happens on the very first 
uh, paragraph says, farmers in Germany are blockading roads in protest against subsidy cuts with more than 500 tractors and trucks parked up by Berlin's Brandenburg Gate. There are also reported blockages in, in uh, Württemberg, North Rhine-Westphalia, Saxony in Bavaria. The subsidy cuts were designed to fix a budget crisis after a court ruled the government's 2024 budget was illegal, just as we said in the beginning. And there we go. But the cuts have backfired, and there are fears the ensuing row could feed the far right's popularity. There you go. Every single time. We've, we've effed up massively. We keep screwing over our own population, and we show every day that we despise them. We absolutely we have nothing but bile and hatred towards them. But people are noticing, and this might fuel the far right, and that's the biggest problem. That's from the BBC. Let's go to The Guardian. German vice chancellor warns of extremism as far-right groups join farmers' protest as it happened. I mean, is the AFD involved? Is that well, what they're referring to as the far-right groups? You see here, uh, so, um, summary of the day. Okay, two days ago, um, Sarah Wagenknecht launches new party. Far-right groups join protests in some regions. Habeck warns of extremism amid, amidst protests. You get an idea. Okay? Sorry. Like the farmers are calling for the purity of German apples. I mean, it's just... (laughs) (laughs) Um, You see... see... Seeds and soil. Seeds (laughs) and soil nationalism. (laughs) Anyway, you can see here that uh, a lot of the... You just click on the page and you'd get an idea of, you know, a lot of the... They're calling for far-right extremism and far-right groups protesting. And let me just say that they didn't do the same thing when it came to the RMT union strikes. Uh, the Guardian covered the RMT union strikes, but they didn't fill their papers with worries that the far right are going to co-opt the RMT union strikes. Well, I imagine in German media, neither did they do that with Deutsche Bahn, because this is the real divide between people who work and live in the cities and, well, people in the rural areas. I've, I've seen some. I know that she wasn't putting a stick one way or the other, but um, Lauren Chen, in response to someone on Twitter, was asking, uh, why is it that the right are okay with this kind of protest blocking roads, whereas Extinction Rebellion and Insulate Britain don't get that same courtesy from the right, and we say that that's a bad thing uh, from them? And I think part of it is to do with the fact that Extinction Rebellion and other big globalist causes like that have made it fair game. They've made it fair game to to do this sort of thing. And also, from what Stelios has been describing, they're not trying to block ambulances. They're not trying to block emergency services. And I assume not trying to block major roads that, uh, in, in any way that could cause harm to people. Uh, so it does seem that they're operating with a bit more courtesy. Well, I, th- I think generally speaking, that when you are having protests of such kinds, of course you have an extra risk mm. and you do cause uh, trouble to, to people. Yeah. But uh, the extent of uh, doing so is uh, debatable. I- I'm, I'm not there in Germany to know but uh, this is a question, and uh, you know, you, and it's interesting. That the uh, first thing that the media does is go for far right infiltration. Far right groups have started yes. to show up at these protests. Let, here we have another article by the Politico. It says German farmer protests spark fears of far right infiltration. Authorities warn that radical groups aim to trigger a broader movement. Yeah, that, that is interesting. Actually, thinking about it, that when we see these sorts of protests by environmental groups, we go well, who's this causing harm to? Are they blocking emergency services? The mainstream media goes, how are Nazis involved in this? Yeah. The thing there as well, she's demanding fresh elections. 
Member of the far right wants more elect. Okay, sure. Well, this is like the AFD need to be taken off the ballot to preserve democracy. Yeah, because they're too popular. Well, again, we have here um, right-wing extremists and other enemies of democracy are trying to infiltrate and instrumentalize the protests. A spokesperson for Germany's Interior Minister Nancy Faeser said in Berlin, "The country's federal police." Uh, Faser added, believe these groups want to foment a general strike or even rioting to trigger an overthrow of the government. It would not be the first time far-right groups have tried to gain political sway by latching onto protest movements in Germany. Something similar was evident in pandemic-era anti-vaccine protests and in demonstration against military aid to Ukraine. So all of these things that have led to the economic conditions right now that mean that you're going to take away the tax exemptions yeah. from the farmers. But they were saying, this is a bad idea. This could ruin our economy. Now that it's ruining the economy and they're protesting again, they're saying, it's the same people. Could it be my own actions? No, it's the populace that are wrong. And uh, there, where do you think that these inf infiltration concerns come from, mainly? What do you mean? Do you mean as I'll in just read the media? next paragraph. It says I'm here, I blame the Russians. The infiltration concerns come after some 100 farmers tried on Thursday to accost Greens economy minister Robert Habeck, preventing him from disembarking from a ferry in northern Germany following a private visit to an island in the North Sea. Police described the encounter as very, very... <laughs> he was getting back from his private visit to an, uh, a remote island. Hmm. Green minister. Hmm. Reuters, nationwide German farmer blockades heap pressure on Scholz. Now, summary for those who don't have time to read the whole of it. Tractor convoys block roads nationwide. Vice Chancellor warns of extremist threat. Government struggles to fix budget crisis. Far-right groups backing protests. Okay? And we have here not just the Vice Chancellor, but we also have, where is it? I see the far-right AFD party. I see that there. Yeah, we... we... Backs the protest. Good. I mean, there is a certain degree with this where, um, yeah, it turns out being able to grow your own food is a really important part of being a sovereign nation. Yes. So, basically, that's what I want to say there. Right now, it seems to me that, you know, when there are people who are demanding an increased degree of national sovereignty or increased control over their own fate, let's say, and their economy. We are going back to, we're going away from the idea that the whole world is going to turn into a market and every country is just going to produce the product in which it has a comparative and competitive advantage with, um, you know, with respect to other nations. This creates a, a problem of energy dependency to a very large extent. And as we saw, the German economy was based on cheap energy from Russia, and this has completely destroyed the, the economy of uh, Germany. Now, maybe destroy is uh, too strong a word, but I think that they do face economic calamities. And it seems to me that the, well, a lot of the farmers are saying basically that we need to have an agricultural sector because, you know... Somebody needs to grow yeah, our damn food. Yeah, and what we need to remember is that a lot of food and wheat experts in Europe come from Ukraine and Russia. And now with the uh, war between Russia and Ukraine, there is this extra problem. 
of how to ship wheat and food from, let's say, the Black Sea and to, to reach the, the other places, uh, Europe and other places. So basically, it seems to me that um, obviously it is primarily people who are calling for more uh, control over their own economy. And I don't mean that in the in the sense of more state control over their own economy. I'm just saying that they are trying to claim that just outsourcing basic industries to foreign nations is going to harm the people, in a sense, and the sovereignty of the nation. Well, the 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 great weakness of the globalized economy was revealed with the Ukraine-Russia conflict, which is that you're assuming in a globalized economy that there's going to be some kind of perpetual peace, the end of history of Francis Fukuyama, meaning that no nations that have economic ties to one another are ever going to end up in conflict with one another ever again. There's never going to be conflict between nations that causes difficulties in trade routes. And therefore, once we've got that globalized markets, everyone's going to be peaceful and no problems are ever going to come about, which means that you can be dependent on Russia for cheap energy to fuel your economy. Exactly. And it turns out that when that doesn't happen, because that's a fictional fairyland, that it causes major problems. Yes. And I'll just uh, say uh, some things here that have to do with nuclear energy, because I think that this is major to bear in mind. So um, the German nation and the, the German government, let's say, the federal government, decided to stop using its nuclear power plants so I give you here some of the major problems here. They said all German nuclear power plants that had gone into operation up to and including 1980 were shut down immediately after the Fukushima nuclear disaster. Um, they give the names and they say that for an, there were <laughs> just, safety make, concerns. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I'll, I'll show you why in a minute. No, and but, it says here. So, the, so safe, safety <laughs> concerns. We can't just improve the safety of these places. We've just got to shut them down. I'm sorry. Sorry. There was an earthquake and then a tsunami, and this power plant took that, and then there was a small leak. Therefore, Germany, where there are no tsunamis or earthquakes, needs to shut down all of theirs. I mean, it makes perfect sense. When was the Fukushima nuclear I accident? I think that was, uh, Yeah, 2011. Yes. I was still in secondary school when that happened, and they're still going, yeah, we just need to shut them down. Well, let's let just uh, show you some extra bits here. It says the last three nuclear power plants in Germany were shut down on 15th of April, 2023. Now, the war in Ukraine had started there for more than a year. Mm -hmm. It was the 24th of February of 2022. They started to still kneecap themselves with yeah. energy. So that's one thing. And let me just show you here the rationale that they cited. They had the debate on a lifetime extension for nuclear power plants. You'll see. A lot of the time, it has to do with focus on safety issues and uh, continued operation. Is it compromising safety? This is interesting here. It says, an expert report recently commissioned by the Bavarian government on ISAR 2, that was a power plant, concluded that there would be no concern whatsoever in the case of a lifetime extension of this nuclear power plant. The federal government, on the other hand, stated that the three remaining nuclear power plants could only continue to operate, if at all, with safety-related concessions. And then they closed them down. So, essentially, the main reason that is given is safety. Now, you why is it, it if you Why will. is it not safe? Because we say so. Like, like Callum pointed out, it was a, a tsunami and an earthquake hit Japan. 
Germany, as far as I don't really hear about earthquakes happening in Germany very often. I don't, maybe you can correct me. And uh, Germany, famously landlocked country. Uh, no. They've got the coastline. <laughs> not, that, it's uh, not landlocked, but yeah, it's inland. Yeah, well, still. It's, it's not an island like Japan. Yeah, it's not, it's not an island, and uh, I doubt any of those... But there's no tsunamis. Yeah. Ever. And so, let me just show you, give you an idea of how another nation really close to Germany reacts. We're talking about France, and these data are from World Nuclear Association, worldnuclear.org. And they are updated on August, in August 2023. It says France derives about 70% of its electricity from nuclear energy due to a long-standing policy based on energy security. Say, um, basically, they are increasing and they're pushing for more nuclear plants. Now, a lot of uh, people, they have told us, because I have talked about it before, some months ago, they have told me that uh, some people from France, from the audience, have told us that uh, basically... Um, they don't have as many nuclear power plants yet, or that this is more of a promise. I'm just giving the data that, that says here. Uh, and uh, basically, it says here something really interesting. France's present electricity generation mix is a result of the French government deciding in 1974, just after the, the first oil shock, to rapidly expand the country's nuclear power capacity using Westinghouse technology. This decision was taken in the context of France having substantial heavy engineering expertise, but few known indigenous energy resources. As a result of the 1974 decision, France now claims a substantial level of energy independence and an extremely low level of carbon dioxide emissions per capita from electricity generation, since over 80% of its electricity is from nuclear or hydro. So basically, essentially, you have two nations they react completely differently in the same kind of situation, a situation that says your energy supply is uh, basically um, depends on a particular side, and that side has a disproportionate amount of power over you because they hold the keys to your economy. And, uh, you know, that, that's an interesting uh, point to look at. And I just want to say that this is interesting because... This may be a bit anecdotal, but people have been talking about a German-led EU for a long time, but these are so signs that the EU most probably is going to be more French-led in the, in the future. That's just one, um, let's say, fallibilistic uh, point. And I'll end with uh, Sean Maguire says, before starting, I want to say that I'm a techno-optimist. And I believe that Germany's decision to shut down their nuclear facilities was one of the stupidest political decisions in history. Most of their economy is based on turning energy into chemicals. Woke economic seppuku. And thanks to Dan for... Is it, even, is it even woke that they chose to do this off the back of a, a catastrophe that happened in Japan in 2011? It seems more just like blind well, incompetence. I, I don't think it is. I, I agree with you. And I would imagine net zero, but then again, nuclear power helps with net zero. I have the impression that this is the kind of rhetoric that is used to justify such um, policies in some circles. I don't think it's it's wokeness behind it, personally. This is the language that is being used in order to push forward for these policies to a particular segment of the population that sees itself as Western progressive. 
but and I agree with the rest it, it of his statement. It seems that there is it's something a stupid, stupid thing to do. Let me end the segment with this. It seems that there is something going on with uh, the energy sector and energy dependency of Germany, and uh, one of the its manifestation has to do with the German protest. And I think that um, it is very, it is very, let's say, misleading to say that the entirety of these protests are going to be co-opted by the far right. I personally, I think that far-right organizations will try to do this to a certain extent, but just focusing on that instead of focusing on the, on the major issues that drive most farmers to say things like that in protest, that's, that's the, the crux of the matter. And it's, we shouldn't give uh, governments uh, an easy time when they try to not to evade the substance of an issue but just saying, oh, it's the far right, it's the far right, it's the far right. All right. Well, on that note, let's go to the video comments. Hey, that's how's it going? I've noticed something with the Epstein client list. I want to see a chart like this, where we're going to have the people that are implicated down here on the left. We're going to have a score on how likely their uh, accusations are. So Billy C gets a 10, Donnie T gets a 1, Sandrew gets a 10, and then... Uh, what their political opinions are on a whole bunch of topics. So, you know, he sees again, 10 WEF, he's all open borders, all into the UN and blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, Donnie gets very little on all of those. I reckon we might come to a certain conclusion here. Who knows? Everyone. Let's go to the next one. Yesterday, the nuclear family not working and it being better if grandparents and extended family were more involved was brought up. The problem is many boomers barely raised their own kids and they were always busy with their own lives. Divorce seemed like a great idea because the other spouse had to take care of the kids half the week. The point is boomers hate kids and they want nothing to do with taking care of them. Today, when you ask a boomer grandparent to watch your child, they make it as difficult as possible. My wife and I plan on changing this, but that's how it is today. Yeah, right. Um, th- thankfully, my own parents are going to be happy to be grandparents um, when it comes around to it. But um, I understand and have heard that that has been the case for a lot of people of uh, who have boomer parents is that they barely paid any attention to their lives and are rubbish at being grandparents now that they're having their own children. So that's a really sad state of affairs for anybody. Once again, I do not think the problem has been the Western nuclear family. I think that is a social structure that has worked for generation upon generation and it's only because of other societal breakdown issues in the west that it's not seeming adequate to some but i do not see it as anywhere near like a root cause of the issues that we're experiencing right now fair enough i don't have much to say on the matter so yeah we'll leave it there. right let's go to the written comments right to you neighborino i don't know why i'm doing that but whatever <laughs> you're flanderizing yourself in real time yeah Hector Rex says, we demand karaoke, so you may get your wish, Delios, and we'll have the Zoom. Yep, yeah, you see? A lot of people Thank wanting you. karaoke, actually, yeah. in the comments. I'm not going to read the rest of that, because that's all just... No, 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 you will sing it. You, you won't read it, you'll sing it. Uh, let's... Remember to get drunk for your karaoke party live stream. I don't know, you want that? Nobody wants that. You That's... want that's our karaoke. <laughs> Go live with me in Japan. Well, at least you can sing. Uh, no, that was questionable. Uh, Andy Onom, uh, on- <laughs> Andy Onimus 
says, what day is it, Callum? What day is it? I'm sure it'll earn me a billion dollars if I try. Anyway, so on the Everyone is Noticing Stuff, Sophie says, I don't know about you gays. No, that's guys, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Freudian slip. But I'm highly invested in the story of Freddy now and the creation and destruction of Freddy. Stelios, you need to give us this segment. Uh, That would be some good storytelling. Freddy's gone now. This is epic storytelling. Fred's dead. I don't think so. He's gone, though. Where did he go? We can rebuild him. He, uh, he has... <laughs> we can replace him. We can make him better. There's going to be a movie, you know, the origins of Freddy, you know. It's called Sten. Anyway, Lord Nerevar says, uh, is it in my job, I have to talk to a lot of normies. And even they are starting to realize that things are getting noticeably worse around them. It's heartening to see them all rail against the world around them, if it seems concerning at the anger. Captain Charlie Beagle says, regarding Aaron noticing the state of the towns, this is just further proof that the left don't really care what's happening in the country, which is them. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that was the funny thing. It was like, oh, I have a baby now. Hmm. Maybe the future of this place matters. Really? Really, bro? <laughs> just kind of hurts. Uh, Aaron Bastani's solution filled the empty streets with Africans. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if that is... I don't know him that personally. I don't know if that is his solution. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there and say that his solution might be nationalize it. Nationalize the whole country. That town, nationalize it. People's Republic of Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> now you're speaking my language. <laughs> Jake McGuire says, Shrewsbury in Shropshire is still beautiful, even though about eight Turkish barbers and the odd few local homeless in a 15-minute walk. Yeah, But that's the funny thing. I mean, you'll, you'll have that. And my prediction, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, is that over time, the same rot will come there and, and the good shops will slowly close down. And then you'll be left with the Turkish barbers and the homeless because that's what happened here. It's, I know it's sort of, you know that South Park episode? Oh, the California, one... <laughs> super good to the homeless. Oh, no. And they go and meet the old town that had the homeless and everyone's dead. So Except for the a... one guy who's like, they started moving into apartments and nobody knew who was homeless <laughs> and who wasn't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Could you imagine if we had that problem? It, it would be a paradise. Oh, yeah. They started integrating and, and picking up our accents. We didn't know who was British anymore. That's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. That's why we have little Bangladesh in Sweden. But uh, what was my point? Oh, yeah, that I think it'll end up coming to you. But I, I, in that manner, I Uh, really hope not. I I was going to say, if places like Shrewsbury are still nice, I hope that they stay nice. Because it's like when you see uh, Texas bussing illegal immigrants to the rest of the country further north. Yeah, that might sound funny for the memes, but all you're doing is making the rest of the world worse. So, John says, Hampshire zombie high streets. Does the UK not have the drug problem seen in US major cities? I don't know the numbers. I believe not. The saving grace on that, the big difference between us, seems to be that the drug of choice in the United States is always a lot more destructive than the drug of choice in the UK. Uh, the main drug of choice in the UK is cocaine, which is mostly taken by city people. If you, well, if you're walking around the cities like uh, I mentioned Manchester earlier, Manchester does have a lot of homeless crack addicts on the streets. Mm-hmm. And I have been walking through Manchester before and seen people obviously smacked out of their mind on heroin, just wandering about in a complete daze. So in the cities, you do still get um, people with major drug problems. But as somebody who hasn't been to America, I can't really compare it. My understanding is that the things we don't have that they do is really the fentanyl crisis. Yeah. And the drug usage, which seems to, I, I, I'm assuming this is presumptive on my part, the, the level of mental illness in the United States is bloody unbelievable. And the fact that they're all just roaming the streets, like you, you see these pieces of footage from just mental people walking around on the subway or whatever. And you just think, what the fuck? Like, how do those people 
occur in such weird amounts of numbers and also just exist. Because you don't run into it the same measure you do in the UK. And that seems to be caused by the type of drugs they're taking as well. I don't think if I've run into any clearly, visibly crazy people in the past. Uh, and outside of, outside of druggies, you don't see somebody really ranting and raving through the streets. Sorry. I've seen it once or twice. We're in Swindon. We've seen druggies, but it's not proper mental illness here. I've never seen it. Okay, proper mental illness, not just you know crazily erratic people. Yeah, screaming and like I'm I'm talking. We've seen so we've gone to Tesco's before to get the meal deal, yeah. and uh, there's some alcoholics who are you know have been a few years, and there's one guy like zonked out. Like he's... <laughs> <laughs> That's getting clipped. That was funny. Um, you know we've got Freddie and his creators. Why did you point at me? <laughs> I thought you'd seen it. Um, I have seen Freddy. Stelios was so excited to show me. But no, no proper mentally ill in lunatics that you see on the, the videos of New York subway. But I don't know. This is also conjecture and, and guesswork. But yeah, apparently if you take cocaine, you're less likely to be a mental lunatic than if you take fentanyl. So choose your drugs wisely. Let's move on. <laughs> Zombie Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, throwing racist slurs from beyond the grave. It's still an amazing uh, name. The segments of mouldy houses and how Swindon has gone to pot can be pretty much explained by the fact that instead of the public relying on themselves, they rely on the state to fix their problems, but it doesn't work because the state can be easily corrupted and manipulated. See, I can see, though, a situation where the state is corrupt. I think most states will have a certain level of corruption in them, but not completely incompetent and run by clownish fools like we experience right now. So I think it's the fact that the people in the country don't know how to live their lives without state assistance, and the state don't know how to do anything. Yeah. Either they don't even know really how to be corrupt properly. Um, so, what, what would proper corruption be like? You know? uh, Epstein's list not getting okay. revealed to the public. Okay. Um, the country not collapsing no. economically. Okay. Uh, the, the decay okay. not being quite as visible. So you go to... I mean, if they're, if they're all running pedo rings in the background, they could probably get away with it if the country still worked. And that's a certain level of corruption. Not that I would be happy with that happening. So basically, but people the, have no idea of what is going on and don't point the... Yeah, it's, it's essentially... Don't blame them. If you go back to a time where people are more placated by the culture and economic, uh, economic prosperity, yeah. then, yeah, people can... Like, there was still corruption back in the 80s and 90s, but things were actually working for people then. Whereas now, nothing's really working for anybody except those who are corrupt at the top. And so it makes it way more obvious to everybody else how shit everything is. I, I must say, I really wake up to the idea of, you know, the elder Harry who says, guys, come here. I'll tell you how things before I was born were great. And <laughs> That's what I hear from people who are older than me. Yeah. No, I'm just being... Everybody, everybody who I've met who's older than me says that the 80s and 90s were yeah. great. Economics were great, yeah. especially in the 80s under like Reagan and Thatcher. Um, and obviously, like I say, we know that things were still corrupt back then. But... Back when my bones were inheriting, it was, <laughs> those were the days. That's what people say. I have an, an option for you because your question about what does real corruption look like sparked something. Would you rather that all of your politicians had mansions and five cars and were like Andrew Tate, essentially, but all their money was stolen from the taxpayers on various projects, or that all your elites were communist pedophiles? Um, 
What's the difference? <laughs> well, one's just greedy bastards who steal money from the taxpayer. And the other one are, are the ones we have. I mean, I suppose if uh, if there was a choice for the people ruling me to not be pedophiles, I would go with that one. You'd go with the, the thieves instead. Well, the, the, the problem is with Andrew Tate, though, is that he has a lot of sex allegations against him anyway. So. Oh, no, I just mean the lifestyle. The, oh, yeah, yeah. The bouginess. Yeah, I, uh, suppose, I suppose bougie fat cats... Uh, a better honestly after what we've learned looking at your segment I'd rather have the railway industry running my country than the government because they actually build uh, working infrastructure and towns that are nice please come back (laughs) I'm taking the train every day it's always late sometimes it's breaking down the railway companies have been corrupted as well we need to we need to return to the railway cartels we don't actually have private trains in this country scam Okay. so the uh, railway company you'll get, they don't own the track. The government owns the track. Yeah. So all they can do is own a train and run a train. So it, it's not actually theirs. They don't really run everything. Whereas the Great Western Railway own the track. They own the trains. They own the workers who make the trains. They own whether the workers Same with to make the London train. Northern Railway as well. They did the same thing. And they'd actually have competition, which um, we don't. So. And they actually had an incentive. Okay, if we're going to build a town where all of our staff members are going to be working, if this is where our employees are going to be working, yeah. we might as well make it worth it for them. Well, we if we might... go to London, there's one option, which is GWR. Who else are you going to go with? There isn't one. So it's not a free market. It's a monopoly. No, of course not. Metal Dave says, I work in property management and a flattened and development I managed complained of black mold. It was an issue for the landlord letting agent to resolve, but as a council environment officer I was attending... I was asked to be there too. The officer advised most of the issues could be resolved by the tenant, i.e. ventilation, dehumidifiers, cleaning, anti-mold paint, etc. was interesting to speak to the environmental officer. Apparently his team has been cut from 4 to 30, so very over, so I assume from 30 to 4, so very overstretched in the borough, and also they had an incentive from the council to serve tickets on landlords for not addressing damp or mold issues, much like a traffic warden has for giving out parking tickets. It's as if this is their agenda to demonstrate that they are needed, indeed cracking down on landlords. That definitely sounds like a manufactured problem to a certain degree. And once again, like you say, the uh, issues could be resolved by the tenant as well. So, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around, but we can't let people who tape up their own vents in their bathrooms and, us. and don't know how to <laughs> switch a fire alarm battery. Uh, we can't let them off the hook as well. I'll read one more. Matt, maybe landlords would take better care of their properties if the government was improving endless tenants to guarantee higher perpetually, uh, higher, perpetually higher rent and property value regardless of the state of the property. Uh, yeah, he's right. You know, If I've got 10 people for every flat who will want that flat no matter what I charge, I don't have to take care of it. Okay, Michael Brooks, how long until we see bread farmers? If they are, do you reckon Clarkson would be leading them? Do you reckon Clarkson will leave the, lead the British farming revolution? Yeah, he's got nothing else to do. Uh, Kevin Fox. I suppose not. <laughs> it's high time Mr. Beast stopped wasting his money digging wells and building bridges in Africa for people who don't appreciate his work and uh, come to Europe and begin building small nuclear reactors so we have an option other than useless wind turbines and solar farms. I'd love that YouTube thumbnail. I went to Europe and built a hundred nuclear nuclear factories. Okay, that's actually a pretty cool arc, though. That the channel becomes him just building literally just an infrastructure company. 
that builds infrastructure for the whole of the West. And, and then like, posts it on YouTube yeah. <laughs> with click debate thumbnails. Yeah. I've lowered your energy bills. <laughs> Omar Awad, is it just me? Or did they try to label the protesters as something sinister and inadvertently make them sound cooler instead? Make agriculture great again. The evil farmers have come. Okay, and Hector X, listen, I know it's a 10-ton tractor, but my Kia, I put premium gas in, going to pull it with this piece of string. No, you use a Prius instead. Oh, that uh, makes more sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, a Arizona Desert Rat, it's sad how out of touch urbanites are from where all the food and raw materials come from. Life is going to get rough before the educated elite realize that they need the stupid blue-collar workers. Well, no, but if we're in the if we're in the globalized economy, right? Germany doesn't need to grow its own food because they can always, you know, outsource it to uh, just throw one out there. Zimbabwe. <laughs> and on that note, it's time to end the show. Bye bye.